This is episode six of the Great Speech Podcast on how to be funny in a speech when you're not that funny in real life. Hit it. It's a Great Speech Podcast for the public speakers. We're going way down deep to look at what makes a communicator. We'll look at all different topics from the bottom to the top. So get your mind free of all the distractions and please listen up, listen up, listen up. It's the Great Speech Podcast. 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 Thanks, Dad. Okay, okay. So in 2001, the University of Hertfordshire carried out some research to find the world's best joke. And this is what they found. Now, don't shoot the messenger, right? This is not my joke. It is what they considered to be the world's greatest joke. So here we go. Two hunters are out in the woods when one of them collapses. He doesn't seem to be breathing and his eyes are glazed. The other guy whips out his phone in a panic and calls the emergency services. Help, help, he gasps. gasps. My friend is dead. What can I do? The operator says, calm down, sir, calm down. First of all, I want you to make sure that he's actually dead. There's silence and then a gunshot is heard. And then the hunter comes back on the phone and says, "Okay, now what? (laughs) Sorry, I had to to try and manoeuvre my computer so I could do that cricket sound at the same time. Uh, I'm not sure if it worked. Hope it did. But yeah, so that's the world's best joke, apparently. Now, to be fair to the researchers, I think what they did was they allowed people all over the world to submit their best jokes. And then they polled people according to those jokes. And that was a joke that did the best the whole world over, right? Although when I say the whole world over, from what I could see, the countries they polled were like Germany, the UK, Australia, America. I don't think they did any South America or Africa or Asia. So, and I can tell you, I'm not sure that that joke would have worked well on the stand-up comedy circuit in Nigeria. But anyway, they say that's the world's best joke that kind of travels the best. Uh, so yeah, there you are. Uh, now let's start with the quote of the episode. That is from the ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle. I did a bit of philosophy at university. So uh, shout out to my boy, Aristotle. <laughs> uh, and his quote is, The secret to humor is surprise. The secret to humor is surprise because we are going to be focusing on humor in this episode, how you use humor in speeches. We're going to be talking about what humor actually is. What is a joke? Uh, What does it mean to be funny? Why is humor a very useful, very effective tool for public speaking? Uh, look, I'll consider some do's and don'ts kind of things you definitely should do, things that you definitely shouldn't do when you're trying to use humor with your speeches. Uh, we'll talk about what are the mechanics of a good joke? What's the structure? How exactly does a, a good joke um come off or how is it structured Uh, and then we'll talk about how to actually use humor in your speech so a lot to cover in this episode a quick warning Uh, this is my first explicit episode I've got a little bit of bad language in there because to be honest you can't really do jokes or decent jokes where there's no bad language you know it I know it so there's a little bit of bad language in this one Uh, apologies to those of you if you're listening to kid to this with kids do not 
Uh, and um, if you are kind of easily offended, then yeah, just go to the last episode and re-listen or something. Uh, okay. Oh, quick uh, shout out to Review Corner. Thank you again, people, for leaving your reviews. I love it. Helps with the podcast getting found. And it just kind of gives me a personal glowy feeling that people are actually listening. So thank you for that one. Our first review here is from middle-aged black man who has done a review before, actually. So thank you for doing another one, sir. And yes, you can do more than one review. So feel free to comment on episodes as we go along. Uh, He is commenting on the episode on greatest speeches by women. And he says, "Uh, really, Collar, in the pantheon of great orators, you include an award acceptance speech by an emotional actress. That's indeed a stretch. That said, episode three is the best thus far by a country mile. So, yeah, kind of uh, positive, straight negative one there or constructive criticism. Thank you, sir. Middle-aged black man. Uh, I think he is referring to the fact that number 10 in my list of greatest speeches was by Lupita Nyong'o when she picked up an award at the Essence uh, Awards. Uh, festival and i think what he's saying is acceptance speeches really shouldn't be part of it well middle-aged black man i hear what you say but i'm gonna stick with it that is my choice Uh, i think it was a great speech and it kind of meant a lot to me personally so that's why if you have an alternative suggestion sir put it on the field and let's battle it out thank you for the review though i really appreciate it uh, second review here from Tolula, who says, I thoroughly enjoyed this series of podcasts, albeit surprisingly, as I hadn't initially thought that I would have enough to connect with on the topic. So, yes, good to be surprised. Uh, always good to, to have that. Uh, she says a few more nice things, which is always nice. Uh, charitable nuggets from Collar that had me Googling great speeches and listening to them with a renewed viewpoint, which is fantastic. That's actually really what I want to do as well is just to give people kind of, a, a well, a renewed viewpoint, a, a way to think about things in a fresh way that will hopefully help with your public speaking, your presentation skills, your communication, your leadership, all of the kind of stuff that makes the world a better place. So I'm hoping that I'm putting that out into the ether. So humor, jokes, how, what is humor, right? So, well, the first thing I want to say is, is this, because it's one of the things that clients often worry about. They say to me, you know, oh, I'm not a funny person. You know, I really want to do a funny speech, but I can't do it. I'm not funny. Well, here's the thing. I want you to not be so hard on yourself, people, because humor in public speaking is hard, right? People always ask me, what's the hardest thing about being a lawyer? And I tell you that cross-examination is technically the most difficult skill in terms of being a lawyer, right? It's very hard. You've got really got to think about what you're doing. Well, the same thing with humor in speeches, jokes in speeches. It is hard, right? Think about it. Comedians hone their skills over years. Comedians will go to dingy backwater clubs with tiny audience audiences to test out their material and they're testing out do people laugh or which are the bad jokes that get no laughs at all what you know where's the humor where can i amplify and it's not until they feel they've really got a tight set that they'll then go out on the road and that's the material that they produce so that by the time you see it all you see is the finished product you haven't seen all the defects and all the missteps and the mistakes that they've made along the way to get to that finished product. So humor is hard. And if you are not a professional comedian, right, don't assume that you'll just be able to get up on stage and regale people with these funny, hilarious anecdotes. Humor is tough. 
it requires work and thinking. It can be done. One of the greatest things about public speaking that I always say is that anybody can do it. They really can. It's just about wanting to try and do it and then trying to to pay attention to some techniques along the way. So don't be too down about your, on yourself if you're not immediately hilariously funny. So what is humor? Right. So essentially, humor is just a statement, a story, an experience that provokes amusement or laughter. Right. Which is important because if people do not laugh, then it means that it is not funny. So there's no other test for humor other than does it make people laugh? So being funny is just the ability to use humor to provoke amusement or laughter. That's basically what it is, you know, to be able to do that at will. Now, why does humor work very well and is very effective in speeches and public speaking? Well, it's for many reasons, really. So we actually learn and retain better when we are entertained than when we are bored. So being able to use humor in a speech is actually a good way of helping people to remember what you actually say. Uh, it's also very good way of making some points more palatable, right? If you can surround a tough point or a complex issue that you're trying to impart in your speech with a little bit of humor, it's almost like having a spoonful of sugar, you know, with some medicine. Yeah, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, right? <laughs> you know, so it's like having some sugar to help the, the medicine taste better and so you can drink it better, right? So the humor really does that. It's also good at helping your audience to relax, it makes you more likable, more relatable, especially if you're willing to laugh at yourself, which is a good thing to do. Uh, it can also disarm your audience. If you have a hostile audience or a very skeptical or critical audience, a little bit of humor can often make things uh, better and help you build a better connection with that audience. In Actually, in 2006, uh, Tony Blair, who was a masterful public speaker, uh, he gave a speech at the Labour Party conference and it was his final speech as leader because he was uh, going to step down and essentially he was going to make way for his, at the time, his chancellor, Gordon Brown, uh, who essentially was his rival. Although they were technically partners, really they had a really massive rivalry uh, that extended and really you know had effect on the country in itself. And a big part of it was that Tony Blair's wife really did not like Gordon Brown. So there was a lot of a feud and kind of rivalry about that. Anyway, so Tony, Brown, Tony Blair in his speech gives a really fantastic speech. And in one of the parts of the speech, uh, he talks about, he says, look, you know, well, at least I don't have to worry about my wife running off with the guy next door because Gordon Brown lived at number 11. He lived at number 10 Downing Street. And so it was quite a funny joke at the time. But the key is that what it was did, it would kind of humanize him it made the audience laugh in fact you know, on all the kind of the news programs that were going on about you know the funniest joke ever delivered it wasn't that funny but it was a good way of endearing the audience to himself uh, so that's an indication of how humor can be effective in certain situations equally <laughs> Bad humor can be ineffective or counterproductive. Uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016 tried to relate to the millennials when she said to the audience, you know, I wonder if there is a Pokemon go to the polls and vote. It was kind of really stiff. And I think even Trump took the mickey out of her because of it. So humor done badly is very ineffective, which is why I always recommend people to think, do you actually need 
to use humor? Do you need to tell a joke in this speech? If you don't and you are not a natural humorist, then just avoid it. There is so much information, so much good stuff you can do with your public speaking anyway that you don't have to force humor into it. So only use it when uh, when you really think that you you need to. So a joke really is um is really about is really about making people kind of bringing people along with you and using humor to achieve that so let's think then about the mechanics of a good joke right what's the structure of a good joke it's really not just people stand up talking it happens to be funny there is a structure to it and essentially a joke a good joke or humor basically has a two-part structure the first part is the setup right and the second part is the payoff. That's pretty much it. So the first part is the set off, setup, which is it's kind of like an intriguing scenario, a narrative, a statement, a story uh, that is kind of a, a build up to the eventual payoff, which is the punchline, which is the humorous resolution of that situation, that story right that's basically what it is so if you think about well let's go through a few here right so you've got your typical you know your typical knock knock jokes right so knock knock is one of my kid one for my kids actually <laughs> knock knock who's there doctor doctor who oh how did you know it was me without answering opening the door yep that's one for my kids uh but you see here so the setup is the knock knock who's there doctor right and the payoff is that it's Doctor Who. And how did you know that I was Doctor Who? Yeah, you get it, right? Uh, I should use the cricket sound for that as well, but I don't want to do that to my kids. <laughs> but that's the setup and then the payoff. Uh, you can get, you know, and, and think about different jokes. So here's, a, here's another joke. Um, a man's walking down the street and sees another man with a very big dog. And the man says, does your dog bite? The other man replies, no, my dog doesn't bite. And so the man started petting the dog and suddenly the dog bit his hand off. And whilst he was screaming in pain, he said to the man, I thought you said your dog doesn't bite. And the man replied, that is not my dog. Yes, boom, boom. <laughs> but again, do you see the setup was all the story about the dog and so forth. And the payoff, the punchline was that that is not my dog. And that applies in many different ways. Um, Oh, I'll do one more because <laughs> I'm really on a roll now. I'm here all week. <laughs> uh, there's a British submarine off the coast of Germany and it caused ditch uh, German dispatch in trouble. Mayday, mayday, mayday. We are sinking. We are sinking. And the German dispatch replies, what are you sinking about? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but again, you see, there's a setup. And then there's a payoff. The setup is the information, the story, the narrative that leads up to the final point. And then this payoff is the punchline, the humorous, apparently humorous resolution of that punchline. So in our initial story, the world's funniest joke, the setup was the hunter uh, with his friend lying, dying dead, and he calls the emergency services, right? So that's the setup. That's the story that leads up to the eventual payoff or the punchline, which is him shooting his friend again and saying, now what? I.e., you know, what should I do now? Uh, and that's that's the kind of the, the, the humorous payoff of that. And that works in many different ways, right? So it works at actually all levels. If you take it right up to the level, say, of a movie, uh, you take one of the 
uh, well, a classic movie. I mean, you may not have seen it. It's a black and white one. It's kind of showing my age. But Some Like It Hot, which is a movie with uh, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon back in the day. And essentially, they are in drag trying to kind of land some rich guys to marry them. It's a bit kind of weird. And it's got Marilyn Monroe in it as well. Uh, but anyway, uh, throughout the movie, uh, they're playing drag and, uh, the, well, they're dressed up as women. And of course, a lot of drag, uh, a lot of gags kind of follow. And one in particular, Jack Lemon is courting this millionaire guy who's absolutely in love with him, even though he doesn't realize Jack Lemon uh, is a man and not a woman. And it kind of keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And then at the very end of the movie, uh, Jack Lemon is kind of tired of this and says, right, I've just got to tell this guy that I'm actually a man, not a woman. So he pulls off his wig and says to the millionaire, look, man, I'm a man. And the millionaire looks at him and says, well, nobody's perfect. And then kind of that's the end of the movie. And, you know, Jack Lemon makes a funny face about it. So that's the eventual gag. So that's, again, another case of a setup and then the eventual payoff. So you can see how it actually works. And that's the the key then is that if you are, if you're giving a, a humorous speech, so, you know, you're, or you're giving a speech where you want to use humor uh, as part of your speech, what you've got to look at is, can I use that same structure, the setup, and then the eventual payoff in order to make my speech funny or to make jokes as we go along the way. Now, a couple of things to think about before we talk about how specifically to use it in a speech. What should you really focus on in a speech? Uh, the first thing I want you to actually think about is this. Do you actually have to be funny? You know, is it really necessary? Do you have the kind of occasion or the kind of audience that means that humor is going to be very useful? Because if it's not, believe me that there is no lonelier place to be than standing on stage after a bad joke right after one that just doesn't land it's horrible I've had it before myself so really try and avoid it if you can you know one good laugh you know if you're trying to do a speech don't go for the whole thing to be humorous one good laugh is actually better than a whole load of minor ones right and you really want to think about your audience to make sure that the humor is relevant to them so that they it resonates with them. Because otherwise, remember, if, if they don't laugh, it is not funny. It doesn't matter how good a line that you thought it was. If they don't laugh, uh, it's just not funny. So let's think then about what in particular you should do in a speech if you're trying to give a funny speech. And I'm going to start with the big mistake that people make, right? So I've told you that the structure of a speech or of a joke is the setup and then the payoff. Well, the big mistake that people make is that they focus on the punchline, on the payoff. They think about, oh, what's the funny line that's going to get everybody laughing? Oh, yes, I found it. And then they work the setup around that funny line. Why? Because we always think about, in terms of humor, that it was the funny line that got the laughs. Therefore, that's what I have to focus on. Wrong. That is the precise opposite of what you need to do if you want to create a humorous story, humor, a funny joke that actually gets people laughing. Instead of focusing on the punchline, what you really want to do is to invest as much of your time and effort and energy and focus as possible in the setup. That is the scenario that leads up to the humorous punchline, right? 
you want to focus your efforts there because the truth is is that the humor that the jokes or the 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 engine for the humor actually lies in the way you set it up so that eventually when you get to that funny ending it just makes sense and you've already got the audience with you so focus on the setup much more than you focus on the punchline because once you do that you can you can use the setup to be you can, you can use exaggeration you can be dynamic you can use your tone you can use all of those things to make sure that the setup you use uh, really makes the eventual punchline really land uh, and a very good way of doing this is to identify a hook right a theme or a hook or a premise that kind of acts as the support structure to drive the narrative of your setup, right? Because once you have that hook, it will just trigger loads of ideas that mean the humor and the the funny parts just kind of drop into your mind because it's almost obvious. A really good example, actually, I'll give you is, so there's a speech, uh, sorry, a comedy sketch by a Finnish comedian, so from Finland, a guy called Ismo Lykola, Ismo Lykola. And he, oh, I just noticed actually that we, where you spell his name is actually the end of it is my name, Kola, K-O-L-A. Ah, so that's probably why I like him. Uh, but anyway, so this guy uh, is a Finnish comedian, right? So I can't see that he's particularly famous at all, but he's done one comedy sketch, which has loads and loads of views on YouTube. And it's all around the word shit, right? So now you think, hmm, is that funny? Is it not funny? But he approaches it in a really cool way. So he says, look, I'm Finnish. And as far as I was concerned, I always understood that the word shit had just one meaning, right? But then he moved to America and he realized that the word shit has loads of different meanings. So that is his premise. That's his hook. That's the theme. Now, I'm sure without even going into it, you can probably in your mind start to think, oh yeah, thinking about it, there are different things about shit and so forth, right? The word. And so he then takes it on a journey with that, using that premise. So he talks about the fact that, yes, in the English language, you can use things like, you know, he is the shit and I don't give a shit and you are a piece of shit and you don't know shit and leave my shit alone and I'm not taking this shit. So you can see how he then goes on a journey and exploring the different iterations of the word shit. But the key is that he used a hook, a theme that meant that the rest of his kind of humor just sat off that theme. So if you can identify a useful, strong theme or a hook, something that can be the trigger for the the humor that will come from your setup, it's going to make your life far, far easier. And if you look at comedians, they often do this, right? So for me, the greatest comedian that ever lived was Richard Pryor. You know, he was just hilarious. He's like, you know, the godfather of comedy as far as I'm concerned. And if you watch a lot of his stuff, like he's got this, uh, I think it's called The Live in Concert in 1979. And it's just a series of of it's like a series of stories funny stories where he just has one hook after another and the humor just falls off that hook so he talks about how you know he lit himself on fire while he was high on drugs right so you can imagine if that's the premise you can imagine all sorts of things that he could do and say because he's got that great premise that just from which you can just pull out many funny things he talks about the time he tried boxing and again he was able to make it hilarious because he had the hook of okay 
if Richard Pryor was to try boxing, what would happen? And he talks about, you know, fighting Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali was, you know, forgetting that he, he was actually just on a charity boxing match and really went crazy. Really funny stuff. Uh, so again, if you can find a hook that works, then it will help you drive the theme and it works on different levels. So if you take a movie like The Hangover, if you've ever seen that, so that's, you know, a whole load of guys on a stag night, classic kind of thing, a whole load of guys on a stag night and they get so blinding drunk and do drugs and all sorts of things that in the following day, they can't remember what happened. And then that then drives the rest of the story because the entire movie is about them trying to piece together what happened the night before and they just so many kind of comedic situations that they realize happened as they try to piece this together you know there's like you know a scene with mike tyson's tiger and stuff like that so the humor comes from we need to figure out what happened the night before and then the situations that occur because of that premise just really work very simply so you can see how if you focus on the setup rather than the punchline and you give a hook or a premise or a theme to that setup, it can work really well. Because, you know, you can you can think about, you know, imagine you were giving a speech to, let's say you're a company, you know, CEO, whatever it is, and you're giving speech to your staff, you know, because you've managed to turn the company around and, you know, you're now talking to them about how great we're doing and you want to throw in a little bit of humor. Well, you can use the theme or the hook of how bad things used to be when we were so dysfunctional. You start to pull out the things, oh, we used to do this with our, we had so much staff turnover and we had so much waste. And, you know, you pull out some of the funny stories that you're aware of because that is your theme or that is your hook or actually to give a personal example uh, at my wedding many many years ago uh, so a lot of people knew uh, at the time that I had to chase my wife right for six months I said I did proper serious courting I even eventually you know, went to her father and asked her hand in marriage because I'm that kind of guy right <laughs> shouldn't be telling you this but I had to court her for six months where I'm really kind of chasing her and, you know, courting her, right? So, you know, that kind of thing. Well, so at my speech, I kind of flipped it around and I pretended my hook, right, of, of part of my speech was that she was the one who was all over me and I was not interested. And so I used that speech and that premise to kind of tell a funny story that was completely made up about how she was chasing me and calling me and calling me and I was playing hard to get and all of that. Right. And it actually went down really well uh, with the audience. And then my eventual punchline was uh, that, oh, wow, this is the first hour, ma hour of marriage and I'm already in trouble. Right. So that was a punchline. But the truth is the thing that really drove it was the fact of the hook that I used to set it up, i.e. she was the one who was all over me. And that's the way I remember it anyway. So, you know, I really was telling the truth. <laughs> but that shows you how the key with your humor is to focus on the setup, right? So create a really compelling narrative and then work with that until you get to your punchline. And the great thing about that is that you can use exaggerations. You can have some funny anecdotes and observations. You can vary your tone, your voice. You can use props. You can add suspense because once you have the focus on the setup and a great hook, then you will find it easy to pull off little humorous parts to that and humorous observations. So that's it. That's basically it in terms of the content, right? Setup and then pay off and really have a strong narrative and a hook to drive it forward. Uh, the, the other thing to think about when you're doing humor and speeches is your delivery, right? 
And the single most important thing about comic uh, delivery, you know, delivering jokes and humour is your timing. I'm sure you've heard that before, but timing. Timing is basically, if you think about your words or your speaking as though you are singing a song or a melody, a melody, right? Your timing is basically that. It's the rhythm with which you speak. So, you know, it's the pause before you deliver the certain line. It's speeding up at a certain point and then slowing right down and varying your tone and varying your voice and all those kind of things, right? So you're, you're almost like you're delivering a song with a melody and that's the way you want to deliver and bring your humor alive so it allows you to do things like have great intonation and use your body to you know amplify the message that you're doing you know your body language you know you can raise your volume or your pitch or lower it as needs be and that will help you deliver it in a way that brings it alive to your audience and one other thing to also really do when you're doing humor which is this is commit to it right commit to your joke commit to your humor do not do it half-hearted don't do it with a little twinkle in your eye kind of i'm not really sure this is funny so i'm going to signal to the audience that i don't really believe it's funny and i'm hoping that they will give me a pass no if you're gonna go for humor go for it. You know, believe that you are funny and the audience will go with you. But if you do it half-hearted, they will sense that and you will lose them and they will not laugh. And remember, the test of comedy, (laughs) the test of humor is that people actually laugh. So make your delivery believable, commit to it, give it your all, and I'm sure you will succeed. All right. Uh, Now, a couple of do's and don'ts, a couple of do's and don'ts. Uh, Number one, Don't offend your audience, right? Don't offend your audience. They don't like it unless you are a professional comedian and that is your shtick, right? Don't use jokes that are going to be offensive. Be careful about who your audience is. Make sure you say things that actually they will appreciate, right? You can still be funny without being offensive, At best or at worst, at best, I'm not sure which one you'd say, you can be self-deprecating, which is where you are offensive to yourself, essentially taking the mickey out of yourself. Audiences actually really love that, right? So, you know, don't be, don't be afraid to do that, but try and avoid being offensive to your audience. Uh, Number two is do have a purpose for your humor, right? Don't just say, I'm going to be funny for the sake of it, but have a purpose, a reason that you're trying to be humorous. As I said, it could be because you have an audience that you feel is really cold and you actually think that throwing in some humor and jokes will warm them up. Well, fine, then that's your purpose. But make sure you do it. Don't just throw in humor for the sake of it. As I said, focus on your objective for your speech and deliver that and only use humor if you think it will help towards your uh, main objective. Number three, don't copy, right? Don't pull off a joke from the internet and then shoehorn it into your speech. It does not work, right? But you can adapt. So you can take things that you have heard from other places and use it and, you know, make it work for you. Then think of it like a good cover song, right? So, you know, a great cover is, yes, I'm taking the original track, 
but I'm making it come alive. I'm making it my own. So that is why you should listen to it. You know, you think about um, I Will Always Love You by the original one by Dolly Parton, which is this you know, kind of this country tune, right? Country and Western tune. Well, when Whitney Houston gets hold of it, it, hold of it, it suddenly becomes this, you know, soul powerful ballad, right? Two completely different interpretations of the same song. So if you are doing that, then by all means, take stuff from other people, adapt away, right? But if you aren't doing that, then just avoid it. Don't copy. As I said, focus rather on taking your own stories, looking for a great hook, looking for a great setup, and then paying it off with a great punchline. All right. Uh, And the final thing I will say is this. Don't tell people that you are going to be funny. And if you're being introduced, do not let people say, I'm going to introduce you to this person who's going to be really funny, (laughs) right? Don't preface it. Think about it. When you get an email that's titled or the subject line is, this is funny, you know for a fact that it is not going to be funny. It's just somebody who thinks something's funny that it really isn't. It's pretty lame. So don't do that with your own public speaking. If you're going to make a joke, just make the joke. Don't preface it with this is funny because some people will find it funny. Some people won't. So there's a few do's and don'ts that shall hopefully help you along your way. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you found that useful. Uh, I have a link because I know there's a number of uh, people who listen to this podcast that want to read uh, about this or take this in with, with, you know, some written words rather than just listen to me on the podcast. So, of course, I have a link which you will find in the show notes. The link is greatspeech.co forward slash funny hyphen speech greatspeech.co forward slash funny hyphen speech i'm pretty certain actually if you google how to give us funny speech or how to be funny in a speech i'm pretty certain that my article comes in the top 10 somewhere so try that and let me know Uh, but you'll also get a checklist in that article as well Uh, so you can kind of download the checklist and you have that to hand so next time you've got a speech to give you've got something that kind of guides you along the way uh the next episode by the way i think i'm going to focus on how to handle difficult questions because people often say look i'm fine with the speech part itself but i'm terrified of what's going to happen when i have to answer questions so i think that's what i'm going to focus on in the next episode i also think i've bagged myself my first interview so i'm going to nail that down first before i tell you about it but hopefully that will be coming up pretty soon so thanks for that and you know i'm going to leave you uh, with a final joke <laughs> oh dear. Uh, this is apparently according to the same research right so you know you know don't don't be too expectant but according to the same research uh, the best joke in the uk or the funniest joke in the uk that's the joke that most people find the funniest uh, in the uk was this a woman gets on a bus with her baby the bus driver says that is the ugliest baby i've ever seen the woman goes to the rear of the bus and she sits down she's fuming and she says to a fellow passenger the man next to her that driver just insulted me the fellow passenger says no way well you better go right up there and tell him off go ahead whilst i hold your monkey Oh dear, yeah, I'm here all week. Actually, no, I'm not here all week. That's the final joke. Apparently the top joke in the UK. Uh, 
let me know if that really worked for you anyway thank you guys for listening really appreciate that i shall leave you as usual uh with well first reminder if you're listening to this podcast please do something great for a stranger especially if you are on a commute do something nice right smile say hello pick up something that they dropped whatever it is i'm going to put out positive vibes into the world and i shall leave you saying goodbye in portuguese which is ciao ciao goodbye cheers